Hey, how you doing, everybody? This is uh, the head at Heads on Sticks with the seventh episode of uh, Heads on Sticks chats. I hope you're hope you're looking forward to it, uh, and I hope you've had a good 2022 so far. And this is kind of like season two, kind of, because uh, I had a little winter hiatus. But uh, you know, I've uh, I've moved um, I've moved cities. I moved from Bristol back to London. I've got a new re-recorded theme tune from Billiam. Thanks, Billy. Uh, some new sound design courtesy of I Know I'm an Alien so yeah a nice little kind of revamp a little reboot and uh, I'm delighted to be chatting to uh, Nottingham electro spunk duo uh, Arch Femesis um, and they're great I really really like them uh, and I first discovered I first heard of them because uh, I actually first heard of them about 24 less than 24 hours since I was actually I realised I was going to be seeing them um, because I, I bought my tickets for benefits in, in uh, at the Grace. And that was like February twenty second, I think. And you know, I kind of and then and then I was just sort of a few days later, I kind of became aware of this band Arch Femesis, and I liked them. And I looked at the, the uh, support act, and I saw them. There they are, Arch Femesis. I was like, oh right. So that was kind of cool. So uh, I kind of realised I was about to see them as soon as I even heard of them. So that was really cool. Yeah. And I saw their set and I, I loved it. I just thought it was really cool. Um, kind of not aggressive, but it's, 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 there's a, there is a combat combativeness to it. And it's kind of like a, kind of like a, a club night that's gone a bit bad. I don't know, like uh, uh, MDMA paranoia. Um, it's hard to describe, but uh, I, and, and, and they kind of they kind of seem to be of that same wave as like Grove or Toki Horror, um, just a kind of a punk electro appropriation of club culture and rave culture uh, in this kind of very heady stew of um, kind of punky synth pop sort of sounds. It's uh, it's, just, it's but yeah, Arch Femesis, yeah, great, great, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be chatting to them so. Uh, Get strap yourself in. This is the seventh episode of uh, Hazel Six Chats with me, the head. Uh, let's do it. Don't worry, that wasn't me recording uh, Zira incriminating herself about leaving Nottingham. Oh, <laughs> not, Nottingham's old news. Nottingham, uh, they, I keep calling back to Nottingham as well, actually. So I keep loving and leaving everybody. What's happening? But yeah, not, uh, London, like, it's great if you want to live in a pigeon attic and eat pot noodle all the time. Mm. Uh, but for now, Manchester's all right, but then again, it's just as expensive and just as pretentious. So I don't know. I don't know. Sorry, was that you bad mouthing pot noodles? What? No. No. <laughs> that's, our, that's our sponsor, by the way. Is it? 
No. Hi, I <laughs> love Bombay pot we noodles. Pot noodles. We love flavor. pot noodles. Give us, pot, give us free pot noodles. Uh, to my corporate overlords, I do apologize for that. We will rectify <laughs> that straight away. Um, all right. So, uh, Xerotonin and Medla from Arch Femesis. How's it going? You had just gone over that. But just tell me again. You're both knackered. You both had a, a couple of a hectic 48 hours and did a lot of gigging, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, we had, two, we had two gigs. We had one in Islington at the Hope and Anchor, is it? I think the Hope and Anchor. Yeah, yeah. Near Asher the famous Women's, cock. Near the famous cock, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Where's that? You not heard of it? It's famous. It's famous. Is this no, place I, I, famous <laughs> that was for International Women's Day with Loud Women. And then last night we're playing the George Tavern with our friends, A Void. And that was just crazy. Everyone was dancing. It was such a good night. Mm. Uh, that was really awesome. I actually, do you know what? I, I actually discovered A Void through you because I saw I saw that post. You're playing with them. I think yeah. it, well, it, must, yeah, it must have been you guys. And then I thought, okay, I'll check them out. And then I did check them out. And I really like them. Yeah, they're fucking amazing. Um, Camille, the lead singer, um, she has just been such an inspiration to me. And she's really like, we've become really good friends like mm. the past couple of years. And um, I mean, recently she's uh, been in the Daily Star for, you know, her work with uh, OnlyFans and stuff. So she's just this ferocious, uh, courageous, absolutely fashion guitarist who's also doing a little hustling on the side and fucking raking it in with uh, Instagram fans, only fans. Like, just it's all she, she's just making it work. She's an inspiration. She's so cool. So, when you say the Daily Daily Star, you mean like they were trying to get info on her, Jimmy, or or were they on her side or? Yeah, yeah, she got an article. Oh, yeah. So they got an article yeah. like, you know, it was about like how artists and creatives are like surviving, I guess, over COVID and stuff, and how she resorted doing uh, OnlyFans to like, uh, you know, basically selling her pubes to strangers on the internet and like her body positivity and like her comfortability with her with her body uh, and her nakedness and how she brings that to her music as well with her um, her presentation and her performance, like um it just yeah it's fed. that's really interesting it's funny as well isn't it because like i think there's a lot of artists at the moment where like you know in well tiktok for example it's, be- it's become it's not just a social media platform to promote themselves it's become an extension of their act it's like a it's like a part of their art if you know what i mean and i think like i think only fans for certain artists might become that it's just like another strand of their performance you know and what they're about you know that's actually a really nice perspective to have on it. Um, I mean, that's a much, yeah, a, a positive way of looking at it. it. Is an extension of people's creativity and art. Like at the end of the day, us musicians, we're all performance artists. And that goes into so many different strands. Um, and we use our bodies in so many different ways. And I mean, I've considered doing OnlyFans, but I've had too much of a strict uh religious upbringing to undo my shame as of yet so but as I as have, as have i as well i've also yeah. strict religious upbringing jesus so. is watching <laughs> <laughs> always always and judging and oh, judging judgment judgment god is judging yeah yeah it's, 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 a, it's a that's an interesting thing uh, and zero if you don't mind me asking uh do you mind elaborating a little bit on on that on that your on your background and your upbringing there? Um, um, what matters now is that I have a chosen family, and 
I really love them. Mm. Um, but uh, growing up religious has been like, you know, a blessing and a curse. Um, I've come from two generations of missionaries, uh, which has meant I've lived, lived in different places, in different countries. Uh, oh, wow. And my sense of self-worth and thinking every single little tiny little thing that I do um, I'm a horrible, terrible person and a monster and um, I'm not worthy and all these things. So when it's come to perfectionism and mental health, it's really uh, fucks me up. But I'm a witch now, so it's all cool. I'm a spiritual once more and found it in my own way and uh, found, you know, religion and faith in uh, a very tailored, personal, uh, intimate kind of way that I'm happy with so yeah also I always think that you're still a missionary like being a musician being an artist is still <laughs> it's still being it's still kind of like being a missionary you know we travel around <laughs> we've got a message you know we spread that me- we've got different places and we spread that message it is just like being a missionary yeah and I, I guess as well like there's nothing wrong with faith is there and, and like fervent belief in something or even mm-hmm. and, and even believing in something kind of a higher purpose greater than ourselves but mm. like but you don't want dogma you don't want yeah. shame you don't want uh, yeah. a kind of doctrine that that strangles the life out of and the joy out of what you need to be doing as a human being and your growth and mm. but yeah you know I, I think I find that really interesting <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, I best call you Meddler, right? No, I, I'm, I'm kind of switching more towards preferring Stephen. Like, I'm kind of less needing a show name now and just happy to be be myself. Stephen's the Steven's crew good. diva. Okay, right. Okay, so but where, where does Meddler come from? Uh, so when I was starting out, uh, kind of, I, I kind of worked independently first as, as a solo artist. And I actually, when I was getting used to my instrument, the Novation Circuit, which is why I'm mainly used to do music. I started off just doing medleys. So meddler was like, a, and also it felt like I was kind of meddling because like you play it like that with your hands, like kind of like witchcraft. So it was, it was a double, it had a double meaning really. So that's uh, how I got the name. For those watching, uh, for those, when you're listening on the podcast, he raises hands up in a kind of meddling fashion. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know how you describe that to the, to the podcast listeners. Um, uh, what, what would you say is your, both for both of you, well, I suppose individually, but but then as a as a unit, you know, what would you say are your formative musical experiences? You know, real foundational stuff. Um, well, I guess I've had a very different upbringing to Stephen, and I guess quite a privileged musical experience because I grew up obviously with the church and doing that music stuff and doing choirs and choral stuff and wearing cassettes and shit, mm. um, and then went on to serious classical singing. Um, so I'm a trained classical singer uh, doing like opera arias and all that stuff and warbling away at dinner time concerts and stuff. Um, so that's where it kind of started for me. But um, my confidence got absolutely crushed when I spent a year as a choral scholar at one of the Oxford colleges while I was doing an art foundation. And um, I didn't touch music for like two to three years after that and since you know starting with Stephen I've really had to 
um, push myself out of my comfort zone of what I've known music to be. Mm. Um, so it's been quite a journey from this very perfectionist, um, elitist kind of background to kind of just basically sound like a banshee on heat, screaming down a microphone. Uh, but, I, but I guess the latter is so much more satisfying. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, to be free of that... Um, that fear again like when you're a part of the choir and everyone's like a professional uh, musician and stuff and uh oh you're a melatonin flat or oh you're too you're not blending right and all these extra pressures and obviously everyone getting you know being able to afford to have music lessons when you're in a punk band all of that none of that shit is necessary because it's about your performance as a character not like say your talent or your technique it's literally yeah. about the character you hold in a performance. I'm um, connecting with the energy of the song as well and, and the yeah. mood of the, of the evening and things like that. Mm -hmm. And and Steve, what about what about you? What about your uh, uh yeah, as as Zara said, I'm not as privileged as her. I actually all my siblings learn instruments, but we didn't have enough money left to to send me to learn something. But to be honest, I didn't really want to learn the violin or anything anyway. Uh, it didn't really appeal to me, but I've always loved music and I've always had music uh, growing up around me. Uh, and my, my dad's big into music. Like there's so much vinyl in the house. Uh, so I've, I've got no formal musical training apart from just listening to a load. And I used to DJ as well. I used to DJ like funk and disco. And I think that kind of, you know, understanding those elements as, as a producer is really is really useful, especially when you want to get people dancing like we did. Mm. Uh, last night, you know, and it's it's really nice when people dance at eye gigs as well. So I think having the background is doing a bit of DJing helps with that. Uh, yeah, last night was really good for the dance. It's not often that we see people full on dancing. I don't know if that's the reservation thing or worried in case our music isn't dancey enough, even though it is quite dancey. But last night it was just people drunkenly just like. <laughs> it was great. It was super. It was so nice to have that validation for, uh, you know, the beats and things that we create. It's good. Yeah. That, that, that wasn't lost on me when I saw you because I, I think like, you know, I feel like there's a certain wave of music where there's kind of like a sort of a club punk thing, Toki Horror, Grove, you know, there's a, there is a wave, yeah. isn't there? And I, and I, I you know, I don't, I'm not suggesting there needs to be a name for it or a box or a category for it, but it, it, there seems to be a kindred spirits uh, yeah. among you guys. And, uh, but I think with the rave thing, that that's kind of one thing, but, but yeah, you, you definitely can dance to your music, you know? Um, and I, I guess, do you find that easy to be able to excavate the, 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 I'm not sounding very articulate here, but, but the dancing out of what is a, also a, a potentially a kind of confrontational, quite combative kind of, kind of sound you know I think dancing itself is quite can be quite confrontational mm. as well as it being quite a communal experience I think especially coming from a culture where everyone is still very obsessed with how they are, you know insecure about how they appear to other people and trying to appear you know cool calm and collected um self-expression unabashed uh, self-expression is a radical act uh, of self-love and defiance and one of the things has, that has always helped me uh, be in the moment and forget everything is dancing. Mm. Dancing is the one thing that has made me 
uh, forget all the shit and be just seriously purely in the moment. Um, so I think that that goes hand in hand, having a good time, having a joke, but also being like, fuck you, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, well, I know, I mean, both, obviously both of you, but I know that with, with you, Zara, you're, um, you're, you're the front person, if you like, you know, and you do seem to be able to kind of easily veer between the dance element and the kind of step into the audience and, and uh, kind of size people up, you know, swagger, just kind of, you know, not, not, in, a, not in a malicious way, but just in a kind of just, just bringing people into your world a little bit, you know? It's my favorite hobby, intimidating middle-aged men. Like I've really, I think it's a kink of mine. I'm not sure what it is, but spitting in their faces and wrapping my legs around them and like going straight up to them, like it just gives me such joy, such pleasure. And uh, you know, putting the shoe on the other foot, like uh, successfully intimidating them whilst also still using my sexuality to the point of confusion where they don't know how to feel and they're just like. Mm. so um yeah i fucking love it <laughs> yeah um did you get do you get a lot of that in your in your kind of general audiences you know do you get a lot of kind of uh middle-aged middle-aged men uh because I, I would i would figure that your audience is quite quite young quite connected to music you know well, varies, varies. Uh, I think a lot of like the old school people who were around in the eighties and stuff in the post-punk type stuff, they kind of were like a bit of a flashback for them, you know, it's a yeah. bit of a nostalgia trip as well. So we do get, we do get people of that age bracket come as well as younger people as well. So it's a, it's a real mix, isn't it? I think. Mm. Uh, I think that's the beauty of our music. Like we do connect to a lot of different type of people, like queer people, straight people, old people, young people. Um, and yeah, when we did first start yeah, out, yeah. it was mainly middle-aged men. And, uh, but as soon as we started getting a bit more like uh, ferocious and less like cheesy kind of uh, just pure 80s kind of pop, they were like, um, mm, don't know. It's not as good as the, you know, original stuff. Not, And then, you know, we started attracting more people and different types of people and a lot of people in the queer community. But yeah, we do get a strong... Uh, middle-aged demographic um and you know what they're all really lovely people mm. and especially london you know that night that we did with benefits yeah that mm. really proved to us like what a great community of like elders there are uh older men like old punks mm. um they're all just super respectful and they're just down for a good laugh and they don't mind me sassing them out especially if they're trying to weakly heckle me like that one dude fucking lame but yeah it was it was really good it's nice to know that you've got um older dudes on your side and i respect in your work and your art an interview for you guys and it's uh i believe it's called the city arts our place and you, you, you mentioned um, Nottingham's, mis- I'm, I'm almost paraphrasing, mystical creative quality. Uh, now, what, it, what is it? What's in the air? What's in the water? What's in the, what's in the, the bones? I think of, we were slightly, encur- I think we were slightly encouraged to say that because it was in Nottingham. So, uh... oh, oh, I do believe that though. <laughs> Whilst it was uh, theatrically put, 
I 100% go by what we said in whatever way that we said it. And also just credit for your research, for, for digging yeah. that one out. You know, that's, that's some good research. Uh, it uh, took me forever <laughs> to find that <laughs> interview. Um, I mean, so is that a second? That's, is that, so I, I, I'm supported by Pot Noodles and you're supported by the good people at City Arts, our place. Is that what it's yeah. yeah. They're friends of ours, actually. They're really lovely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's how we met, like the, Oh, really? That's how we met through City yeah. Arts. It is. That's, what, that's where we met for the first time, yeah. So oh, yeah. Okay. it's quite a spiritual place. Yeah. Back to Nottingham's ancient energy. It's it's a fucking old place, and it's a pressure cooker of extremities. Like there are rich people, there are poor people, there are locals. There's uh, high amount of students. There's hip hop, punk. There's um, there's re- lots of religious people and lots of pagan people and queer people all in this tiny little city and uh, we can be the loveliest bunch or the absolute scariest bunch and that's what makes such amazing pockets of culture mm. and happenings around Nottingham like it's a really underrated city and it doesn't get Very, enough credit yeah. as it deserves the people are always on it and up for it. And like, they have been our biggest supporters and that's where we've both found our communities and our families. Yeah. And like, it's still like, a, it's still like a home. It's, neither of us were brought up there, but it's still like our home really, isn't it? Home. Whenever, whenever we go back for a gig, we always get a great reception in Nottingham. Yeah. The other thing about Nottingham spiritually though, is as a city center, it has loads of caves yeah. underneath, underneath the city. And I think like that adds to the sense of, yeah. Haunted, haunted places, haunted, haunted caves. caves. There's all these energies that, like yeah. underneath the city that are just uh, causing things to happen. And sometimes it's bad things. Like there's quite a bit of violence in Nottingham. And sometimes yeah, it's really violence. creative, awesome things as well. So, Well, there was, um, uh, did Nottingham for a few years have the highest level of gun crime? In, yeah, when we were fetuses. Yeah, it was oh, okay, right. Back, back in the 90s, it was a yeah. shot on them, obviously, yeah. It's not like, I mean, it's not like that. It's not like that anymore. No, like, no. You no, don't no. really hear anything like that, to be honest. No. Well, no. speaking of, uh, speaking of heritage that you're mentioning, I, I believe there's a contender for the, for, for the UK's oldest pub in Nottingham. That is so true. And it's called uh, like the Jerusalem something or other. Yeah, close. It's a ye old trip to Jerusalem. Yeah, that's, that's, well, that, they're, they're a contender anyway. I mean, there's there's many pubs, but they, they legitimately credibly present themselves as being the, the oldest continuous inn in UK. Yeah, I don't think in its current structure it, that's how it was. But yeah, so it's, it's kind of a bit of a bending the rules. But yeah, there's always been a structure there. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> they had a refurbishment like two years ago, probably, yeah. yeah. But it's also haunted, isn't it? Or is that the... The old salutation. I get those two mixed They're up. all haunted. They're all They're haunted. All haunted. <laughs> and they've got haunted caves with creepy they've all dolls. Got caves. Yeah. They've got creepy dolls, and apparently people still live in the caves. Every single landlord of every pub I've ever worked in have always sworn blind their pub was haunted. <laughs> and Zira, as I understand it, you like a ghost story, don't you? Before bed. How do you know that? Oh, you know. <laughs> Oh my God, what? How did you find this out? I do love ghost stories before bed. I love being freaked out. Yeah. What, what is it about that? What, what is it about the ghost story? What do you think? Because most people, most people, that's the last thing they want to do before bed, you know? 
well, I, I don't know how to unwrap this psychology. I mean, how, how much podcast time do we have? Uh, I used to be really scared of like horror films and stuff. Like I was very sensitive as a kid. Mm. Um, you know, growing up, seeing some things, experiencing some things, uh, maybe smoking a bit too much weed and having a bit of sleep paralysis and whatnot. And mm. uh, uh, cr- some basic crazy uh, mental health slash spiritual experiences. Um I've kind of become desensitized and I love just being like I guess it's kind of like scare porn in in a way that like it's just like oh you love to hear the horrific scary things that happen people love to be horrified and grossed out um so I guess it's an addiction to the just the goddamn awful just like being like a Victorian lady with a cup of tea going the scandal oh oh the horror clutching your pearls in horror (laughs) oh oh my god the audacity literally um yeah i Uh, I, I love horror myself oh good i I do i'm a big horror sound less crazy that's all right then that's right yeah yeah What would you say is the Nottingham quality in your music? What is it? Can you can you identify it? Oh. Or is that or is that a wanker question? I do apologise. Do we have a Nottingham quality? They are. Yeah, I think yeah. we're very we're very independent in our like. I think in a smaller city, you kind of can you can establish your own identity a bit more. Like, there's you don't feel the identity of the city on you and the the yeah. history of the city on you as much. So I think. I think we is a really good place to establish ourselves as individual artists and, and as a band. It's because it's supportive, but it doesn't try to, the community doesn't try to mould you mm. in a sense, but it is very supportive. So we're very independent. I'd say, yeah, our uniqueness and our weirdnesses are not in quality because, yeah, as, as Stephen said, we haven't tried to like um, be a photocopy within a, a tribe of genres, you know. We've just... Mm being given that support to just go ahead and do our own thing. And that's why we mix with different scenes. That's why even all of our songs are all quite different. They're all kind of hard to pigeonhole, Mm. Uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the best, I mean, that's the best quality to have for a city and and its music community is to to have no restraints, no categories, no no box you have to sort of mould yourself into, you know. Mm. Yeah, well, I think there are some. There's a bit of like an indie boy community, but we, oh, is there? we don't really. <laughs> don't get me fucking started. <laughs> we don't really get involved with that, do we? Do we say? I'm well, not over it. Yeah. I know it's been years, and I know we finally played Bodega, but I'm still not over the whole corrupt system of boy band barmen who just get the shitty indie slots in the big venues because they have a penis and a beige suit. So you know. Yeah, that's 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 it. Supposedly, don't sue me. Don't sue me, DHP. I'm just stating facts. I'm just stating facts. So supposedly, uh, indie's having its comeback. Uh, I sincerely hope not. I mean, but uh, I did hear that there's a a kind of a wistful and nostalgic return for indie. Um, but I don't know. Maybe maybe that's hit Nottingham first. I, I don't know. I don't think it ever really went fully away though. Like there's always no. been like. 
a big thing, I think. I don't know. It's always been there. It's just changed very slowly to the point that, you know, people, you know, I don't know how to explain it. I mean, they're saying like in fashion sense that indie sleaze is coming back and with that, the whole skinny heroin chic. Uh, I've been to Glastonbury a billion times. Uh, skins kind of vibe. I mean, I guess it's all coming back, but it's always been there and it's always been boring. No <laughs> That's the important thing is it's always been That's boring. <laughs> Most, mostly, there are some good invites, but you most of most of it's boring. Hashtag not all indie. <laughs> Hashtag not all indie. Yeah, not all indie. <laughs> Stephen, uh, you were, I know that you were doing kind of like. Um, uh, ballads and spoken word sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, God, I've been to... doing the research. God, yeah. I know. Uh, not, not, not necessarily ballads. Spoke. I was doing a lot of spoken word. Okay, fair, fair enough. Um, well, t- just tell me where you were as an artist around that time. What you know? What What were you trying to do? What was your ideas? What was you? What was you? Uh, what was you aiming for? Or was it just a kind of a? <laughs> was it just a kind of experimental? You know, activity yeah. to, just to figure things out. It's just experimental. I mean, I've always, it's just a way to like engage creatively. Uh, and but I just got a bit bored of it at the end. Like you're always looking for something to engage you. And I think as an artist, like, you can normally, you're normally interested in more than one thing. Like I know Zara's also done a lot of like graphic art and stuff and performance art and things like that. And my thing was spoken word. I did it, did it for so long, but I was kind of, I'm, I'm glad I moved into music because I had the, that energy and the desire to do something a bit more exciting, a bit more thrilling. Uh, so yeah, I'm happy about that. But I do miss there's parts of spoken word. I do miss kind of the everyone's attention on you and that kind of excitement of you know feeling very vulnerable, which uh, is is one of the most vulnerable things you can feel because you got nothing to hide behind when it's spoken word. Like everyone's attention is just on what's coming out of your mouth. Mm. Uh, so it's quite it's quite powerful in that sense. Was, was that your first ever attempt at um, doing live, like a live event? Yeah, that was my first like live performing. And now I just go in the background and I let Zara do all the talking and stuff. So it's very, so for me, it's quite relaxing most of the time. Mm. Uh, I don't really get anxious uh, in the band. been a mention in interviews uh where you initially had bashed heads a little bit creatively oh yeah i mean there's been a couple of interviews where i've very horribly like slagged Stephen off <laughs> in front of him in yeah. front of the interviewees and i just look back at that moment of time like oh thank god i'm medicated now fucking hell like but when when you have a Scorpio and a Gemini in a tight ring of creativity. It can get a bit, it can get a bit spicy in all the wrong ways. And um, we were both independent artists. We were both individuals who had strong, you know, integrity with what we liked and what we wanted. And obviously coming together, it was a bit of a 
an adjustment having to collaborate because I was used to being centre of attention in one way or another and so was Stephen and we both had very valid practices and very valid opinions um obviously I, I felt like I had to shout harder to get my opinion or felt like I had to overcompensate because of being you know a femme or a woman um and constantly being ignored or not ignored but underestimated or brushed aside and I felt like maybe I overcompensated with uh anger and upset and yeah just because I felt insecure of you know my self-worth as an artist um but Stephen me me and Stephen have become like siblings um I really appreciate them and love them as a person and it's just crazy seeing how we've grown together not only musically and creatively but as as friends and pals and bandmates like I've put a lot of trust into this guy and he's really helped me through some shit so yeah that's that's an endorsement right there Stephen yeah no we both we both have really grown a lot as people as well through the band I think we've helped each other in different ways uh with that but for both of us yeah it was uh this is like the first like long-term collaboration project i've been i've worked on with anyone so it is going to be there is going to be a bit of a process at the beginning where you're kind of working each other out and battling a bit and we we have different i mean we have different musical ideas as well i'm more of the pop princess and you know <laughs> zero's more punk than me so there's always a bit of a clash between between the two where i kind of want to do some little cheesy riffs and she's just like no <laughs> blanket you know cuts, cuts me off when I'm <laughs> but you know so, so some of the greatest uh creative dynamics and, and art of all of, of it's been a bit fraught there's a bit of spark and a bit of conflict I think, I think some some creative uh, partnerships need that you know mm. need that flame you know when when you're both kind of jamming or, or just kind of conceiving uh music together uh, are you considering the live, the live presentation of it in that moment, or is that something just that just comes a lot, a lot later? Yeah, that all comes later. I think it just organically kind of evolves from one stage to the next. Um, there's no real planning out. It just happens. It just kind of gets shattered out. Kind of. That's all I can explain. Well, all of our songs, though, they're always quite dramatic or they have a story element to them when we're right you know a lot of them are from your experiences aren't they Zero or your kind of ideas about things so they always feel very dramatic so you can always start I can always see how this is going to become something Mm. but I can I guess that that's mainly kind of the performer in the band Uh, but there's so much drama in in all of the songs that like I I always know there's going to be something I never know what you're going to do on stage but I know you're going to do something (laughs) I mean, it does, yeah, I do sometimes think, oh, I could do this, I could do this, I could buy a bunch of flowers and bite into them and spit them in someone's face, or I could wrap my leg around this photographer or stand on this person's head or, or get I'll sit on a piano, jump on the piano like you did last night. <laughs> I, I didn't get all the way up, I was a bit scared. <laughs> I was like, oh. like, you know, a cat who regrets their choices climbing too high up a tree but still wants to style it out um I guess I don't think about it too much but at the same time I think about it um it's just chaos chaos energy you don't know what's going to happen or how it's going to turn out Mm. um and a lot of it is 
intuition in the moment. Um, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, uh, is the songwriting a joint process? Yeah, yeah, it's, um, I mean, Stephen, I mean, recently, the dynamic is Stephen's been making his uh, little uh, cheesy synthy beats and I hear a lot of something that I really like. And I'm like, actually, I've got some random words and thoughts that I thought of a few months ago, which would fit quite nicely with this. Mm. Or we just um, jam over the top and I spit out random, uh, random words together and we're like, oh, this is so we, again, we approach it as individuals and then uh, kind of compare notes of what we've been working on. And then we kind of like weave it all together and see what clicks. Some songs that we've that like Dark Breath that you've composed initially on the bass as well. And then you've written it on a bass and then I've kind of added some beats and just put a bit of sprinkle, mm. sprinkle a bit of magic dust on it. And then it's just made it mm. into the full made it into the full so but we always work on everything together it is very mm. it is very collaborative uh mm. and you know Zira's very good at telling me what she likes and doesn't like when we're kind of jamming uh <laughs> sometimes without, sometimes without even words just with a face just with a face <laughs> a, a stern look <laughs> <laughs> like don't play that again yeah ever <laughs> Zero. Uh, I believe you're a you're a teaching assistant in the primary school, right? <laughs> yeah, like I actually turned up to the loud woman gig with Play-Doh on my t-shirt <laughs> and sweaty from cycling back home. So uh yeah. Yeah, very dedicated to my uh, COVID dystopian work to pay the bills. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, what what do you what's the what's the subject you specialise in? But or is it as a primary school teacher, you have to do every every subject, right? You have to kind of be an assistant for everything, right? Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's teaching assistant on agency work. So I was going around different schools, just filling in where it was needed, and you need a general um a general knowledge of just everything and you, you're basically just like the teacher's hype man just like yeah do the thing sit back in your seat yeah good work so you're your flavor flav yeah and um <laughs> but this school i'm working at now is with uh uh, uh autistic and uh learning difficulties children in uh, primary age mm. um and yeah i've been there for like almost a year now and i've watched uh, the year five has become year sixes and they're about to go to big school and oh it's just like I feel like a little mama hen like just like oh they're all they're all learning and they're all going to be in like the big world and it's really wholesome work I really enjoyed it and um I've learned skills like sign language and stuff as a part of uh you know there's a lot of non-verbal children um who need sign for extra prompts and stuff so uh that's given me confidence with uh I'm a massive linguist like I love languages so just adding sign language to my roster is just like mm. yes um I'm guessing you do art right from time to time with the, with the with the kids you assist yeah 
yeah quite a sensory based art so there's a lot of uh emphasis on sensory activities so um uh like the the other day we was learning about hinduism and we made a river ganges by putting all the tables together and ripping up pieces of blue tissue paper and squirting paint all over the tables and like pipe cleaners and just letting them play with all the different materials mm. and then put some like little uh, tea lights on the river and turn the lights off and it's just like oh <laughs> so magical yeah when it, when it's art projects I'm just like it's what my degree was for I have a degree in this I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> put that paint everywhere yes let's do it well I mean that's that's what I was gonna ask I guess it must be really interesting to kind of uh uh explore a creativity on a completely different way than your main act you know you're you're in your personal practice and an arch feminist but to kind of to explore creativity with children in that setting is a complete does, does that bring something to you in your broader creative sensibility does that, if that makes sense oh definitely like I finally get the validation for being a good artist because all the kids like oh my god you're so good at drawing like thank you I know thanks thanks finally some recognition like oh my god you're so good at football it's like thank you um someone said that yeah I know such an such an (laughs) ego boost such an ego boost that's what I get out of it It gives me the confidence to do what I want to do on stage um but also like being in touch with the inner child and that um, curiosity, goofiness, silliness. Like I can be that part of myself. Like I can be the silly person uh, and like help others who feel excluded, feel like they belong. That's Mm -hmm. what I enjoy most about this job. Like I'm working with children who are often misunderstood uh, and not given the right support and doing creative things with them that allows them to be themselves and allows me to be myself really helps me with my confidence on stage yeah that's yeah that's really incredible because you know it does feel like we're living in a a time especially with the kind of political consensus we're living under where the arts just isn't seen as viable it's not seen as worthy it's not seen as Mm. necessary to invest in and to and to prioritize and you know you've got and you know more than anyone there's kids out there who who desperately need art as a language, as, a, as an outlet, as a, mm. as a, as a, a way of expressing themselves. And it's, uh, yeah, you know, so to, to, to have those, to have those moments and to try to instill that, that's, you know, it's, it's a very, I, I think, I, really think I think for both of us, like art has probably like saved us a little bit as well. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's really been helpful for my mental health and stuff to just have that mm. form of expression and, you know, some, somewhere to really let out, different things uh so yeah i couldn't really live without it now mm. nothing nothing angers me more than seeing bitter old sour boars berating young art students <laughs> I, I i hate them i just i just want to throttle them i just i think it's such a ugly bludgeoning of people's aspirations you know some people just like to bring people down as well like you know they don't want people to be free and express themselves because they all got groomed to be politicians from a very (laughs) young age and they don't have any concept of doing something that they actually want to do so (laughs) they're just sad they're just sad because they didn't have our opportunities to be creative (laughs) Mm. i'm not not excusing them i'm just trying to be compassionate 
Yeah, no, but it's ironic because they had art school. They had art school. They had free tuition. They had they mm. had those kind of polytechnics. They had they had those avenues. But uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I mean, I, I'm a media studies. Well, I'm a media practice mm. graduate, so I know what it's like to be working in the pub and someone's sneering at your Mickey Mouse course. You know, mm. and uh, yeah, I know that all too well. I'm going to introduce you to a rather remarkable man. I'm going to introduce you to a rather remarkable man. I'm going to introduce you to a rather remarkable man. I'm going to introduce you to a rather remarkable man. What what could we expect from 2022? What what's what's happening? What's what's around the corner? Stephen, take it away. Well, it's very exciting. We've recorded our first EP, and we're just finishing finishing the tracks as we speak. Our our engineer Robin is uh, just finishing them up. So. Yeah, our debut EP is going to be released very imminently. And we have a music video for Medusa that is going to, one of our most beloved songs that is going to be really, really awesome. We filmed it in car parks around Salford. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But very kind of uh, aesthetically kind of grim car parks, but also dramatic. Grim and sexy. Uh, grim and <laughs> sexy. Okay. So, so yeah, we've got the music video for that. We've got the EP. We're going to tour with our EP as well. And we've also just got loads more gigs. Like we're getting gigs left, right and centre. So especially a lot in London. So, you know, they'll all be on our Instagram. You can, they're all linked through there in the bio. Uh, but yeah, the EP is the big thing. You know, we've, we've been really good as live performers, but we just haven't really spent the time, enough mm. time in the, in the studio getting things down. Mm. Uh, so this this is our first real. I mean, we've recorded a couple of songs, but this is our first proper proper release. I look forward to it. Yeah, um, I feel like I feel like grim and sexy could be maybe on the kind of welcome side and not in them as you go down the road as you drive in. <laughs> grim and sexy. Pictures uh, of uh, me and Steve well, in fishnets. Like. They're redeveloping the Broadmarsh Centre, so maybe that'll be maybe there'll be a little entrance there. We'll be with... the new poster girls for Broadmarsh. <laughs> <laughs> previously a shithole and it's going to be a very expensive shithole now so but it is where you kind of when you get off the train station nottingham it's like one of the first things you see and they've knocked it down but i don't think they've fully decided what they're going to put up but now you've <laughs> now you've solved it <laughs> yeah. nice um grim and sexy <laughs> <laughs> well actually the themes of grim and sexy lead on to my last question uh favorite john waters film <laughs> oh my god i love you so much you're like the best interviewer ever oh, i do try you're just, you're just so good at this you like have asked all the right <laughs> questions um i'd have to say pink flamingos because it was my first consciously watched john Waters film and i still throw up thinking about eating dog poop and i watched the behind the scenes of the dog poop bit um and obviously the aesthetics it's just yeah yeah just classic 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 what, what about you Stephen? I, I don't think i've seen a john waters film hairspray hairspray <laughs> i haven't seen that yeah the original the original hairspray yeah that's that's weird. i haven't seen the i'm not a, i'm not a big film person you know oh you're not, I'm not a big film person no what? no sorry so to leave leave you on that bombshell. Well, listen, Stephen, you can switch off now. And me and uh, me and Zero will carry <laughs> on for the, for the next seven minutes. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I've only seen I've only seen Pink Flamingos, but um, 
I remember probably a bit like yourself. I, I, I'd read about it and heard about it. And I was like, I got to watch this. Like I'd read about the, the dog shit and I'd read about everything. And I thought I just, you know, that, that was the kind of 17 year old I was. I was just like, I've got to watch this movie. <laughs> So I got hold of a copy and I remember thinking it was fucking hilarious. And, I, and, and then I grew to appreciate it more on a more on other levels later on. But when I just first saw it, I was just laughing my head off. It's, <laughs> it's such a funny film. Uh, and then, but I remember at uni, like I remember sort of saying to my mates, yeah, you should watch it, you should watch it. And then like, they bought the DVD and, they, and they're almost angry at me. They're just like, <laughs> really like, I, I remember thinking, oh, fucking hell, do, do, do they think I'm an absolute like fucking weirdo or something you know yeah a fucking creep a fucking pervert filthy filthy person well you know i am all those things but um (laughs) but what do you think is what do you think about it like what what is it about john water's aesthetic and that that kind of i know that baltimore trashy thing going on what what is it about it's interesting you ask that actually me being a massive fan uh i don't i don't i don't know anything sorry over over (laughs) Well, I do recommend it, uh, Stephen. I feel like you should ask, after we discuss John Waters on a very intimate level, I feel like you should ask Stephen a question about data analysis. Oh, I think no, you'd really no, appreciate no, don't, that. Don't, don't, don't. Oh, do we have to? <laughs> so what I've done all day. I don't want to do any more. Uh, what, what was the question? I thought, to be honest, I interrupted the question to make oh, a joke. Oh, John Waters. Um, I dressed up as John Waters for Halloween. Pencil moustache and everything. Little, yeah, you yeah. can find it on my Instagram. Little moustache. I did the little gaunt cheekbones and a stripy nice. pinstripe suit, and I went to a a queer gathering. Okay. And uh, yeah, I was flirting with everybody. I felt very sexy with that moustache. I don't know what it is. He's just. Uh, he was recently in uh, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is on. Amazon Prime, and he did a little cameo in that as well. He's just fucking fit and gaunt as ever. Love it. So good. There's a really good documentary on Divine. Have you seen it? Yes, I think I did. I think I did. It's like, we honestly worship Divine and John Waters, me and my uh, my friends, Mateo and Christos, who are also artists. Mm. Um, and we're just like, they're just, we look up to them so much. Like, that whole era of queer media drag queens techno uh mm-hmm. filth grossness um yeah it's just really been really inspirational i did a whole thesis on the uh, john waters and the club kid culture and compared it to religion um i mean he said who else who else kneels in front of a a naked guy nailed to a cross like <laughs> it's just like that whole kinkiness of like self-flagellation and the wearing robes and shit it's all a bit like m- medieval christianity is very kinky <laughs> whether it's intentional oh, sure. or unintentional mm. and he brought up that comparison i was like ah oh, so i'm definitely queer i'm definitely a bit bit on the spectrum of gayness yes and <laughs> yes yeah, it's, it's funny as well because john, uh, john waters was just himself but i, I forget the i forget the um divine's actual name uh, his real name I forgot now. Herman or something. Herman Melsworth. I can't remember. But but he's really interesting because um because Divine's a character, and no doubt no doubt is an alter ego. But like Mm. I I think it's really interesting because later on in his life he actually was trying to do like just like legit movies, wasn't he? And just trying to Mm. do other things and that. But you know what a character, what a creation, what a Mm. what a sort of grenade. I I don't know. Mm. Just a 
just incredible. Um, well, uh, I've really enjoyed this, guys. So have we. So yeah, have we. thank you so much for your time. Um, and uh, I wish you all the best for 2022. And I hope I'll definitely try and catch you live. And I'm really looking forward to your EP. Catch you live again, I should say. I've seen you once before. Maybe a, maybe a headliner. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm waiting for Stephen to speak. Sorry. Stephen. <laughs> what, what, what do you want to say on data analysis? Go on, shoot. Oh no, oh, no, no, honestly, don't honestly don't <laughs> don't ask, don't ask me. It's I've done that all day, and that's probably why I'm in a, a little bit of a mood as well. Okay. Uh, yeah, don't ask me anymore on that. All right. Um, well, but we've got gigs coming up. We've should we announce our gigs? Is it 7th of April at the Shackwell Arms? 7th of April. Right. Shackwell Arms supporting Sydney Vallette. Oh, cool. Uh, and then 27th. Secret. Can't say it because of legal reasons. It's a secret gig. But follow our Instagram and you'll find out. Also, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just thank you for having us and having us on board and uh, asking us very good questions and interesting things. We like it. So My thank pleasure. you. Yeah. All right. It's nice for someone to do their research and not just ask generic questions. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I nearly, I nearly asked you, how did COVID affect your art? <laughs> yeah. What a fucking boring question. Yeah, but, uh, I thought better of it. Uh, okay, uh, Zira, Stephen, Arch Femesis. Cheers, guys. All the best. Take Zero Tonin and uh, Stephen, sometimes known as Medler, uh, both arch feminists, and it was, it was a pleasure to have them as my seventh guest and have a good chat with them and get to know what they're about as, as creatives and as people. Uh, yeah, no, I, I really loved it. Um, do make sure you keep an eye out for their uh, their gigs coming up uh, across the, uh, lots of London, but around the UK. Do check out their material that's out. Uh, Velvet Thunder, Sapio Sexual and Forgery. They're great songs and uh, keep an eye out for their new video. I'll make sure to have all their, uh, you, you'll see all their links to their various uh, social media stuff um, in the captions. Uh, yeah, it's really good to be back doing this guys. I'm, I'm really enjoying it and uh, you know, it's uh, episode one of series series two if you like. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And uh, got a few guests lined up, and uh, in, in in my in my targets for for uh, episodes eight, nine, ten, and so forth. So uh, yeah, uh, once again, big thanks to uh, Arch Femesis uh, for being the guest. As always, big thanks to Billiam and I know I'm an alien for their for their contributions. And uh, yeah, if you like if you like this and you you want to hear more, do check out Heads or Six Chats. I'm on. Well, I've got a Podbean and I'm on everything else, you know, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts and, uh, and Apple Podcasts. Um, check out everything else I do as Heads and Sticks. I've got a, I've got a blog uh, I, I do write-ups, weekly write-ups of new releases. I've got two radio shows um, and uh, and yeah, and this podcast. So if you like what I do, give us a follow. I'm on everything, so you'll, you will find me. Uh, cheers, guys. Until next time, all the best. And just anybody.